in three, two, one. Welcome into our Instant Reacts podcast for week number five. WQAD The Score has just wrapped up. I'm Greg Armstrong, alongside of Brian Stocking, Corey Cuffler, Matt Randazzo. We'll talk all things Friday Night Football and week five, everything that happened, all our instant reactions. Before we get into all that, really heavy subject to start with, just terrible news out of Rock Falls earlier today. Brock Parker, a player at Rock Falls, the son of head coach Kevin Parker for the Rock Falls Rockets, uh, passed away due to injuries from a car accident last week. Our thoughts and prayers are with Rock Falls, with the football team, with everybody in the community. It's unbelievable, just awful news. So our thoughts and prayers certainly go out to them and to everybody. We did have a lot of great high school football tonight. It's impossible to transition from that, but... Matt Randazzo, Corey Cuffler, Brian Stocking, and myself will give you our instant reactions. We got to start in the Western Big Six, and I think we start with Sterling. We go down the road from Rock Falls. I, they, I mean, they were affected as well. I mean, I saw um, their athletic director put on his Twitter account the green heart, you know, showing support for Rock Falls. They played football tonight against their longtime rival, Geneseo. They come away with the 31 to nothing win. I, I'll ask, I'll start, Dazzle, I'll start with you. What did you, what did you think going into this one? Did you see 31 nothing? Did you see a shutout? I was impressed. I've been impressed with Sterling, and they got healthy last week. Um, they were able to sit some guys, get some guys healthy, playing Alleman. Um, I thought they'd beat Geneseo. I thought it would be, I don't think it'd be a close game. The, the zero is what got me. Because Geneseo can score. Their offense is pretty good. Struggled the last couple weeks. They only scored uh, seven against Galesburg the week before. But, but to shut out a Geneseo team at Bob Reed Field, that's the thing about Sterling is we, we talk about their, their running backs, their quarterbacks, the quarterback situation, who's healthy, who's not. Their one constant is that defense. It's been good all season. It was really good again, again tonight. And, and we're starting to get a clearer picture in the Western Big Six. And, and the, you look at the two undefeated teams right now, um, Sterling and Moline, they're on a collision course for, I think, week eight cuff and a really good uh, football game. Obviously, there's two games to play before that, but Sterling is one of the two best teams right now in the Western Big Six, and they proved that tonight with an impressive victory. Yeah, they getting, getting Drew Kested back for them I think was a huge bonus, and you saw, you saw that um, in some of their highlights. Cuff Moline continues to roll. I know, maybe we expected it. Dazzle's already shaking his head. The Alleman grad is. Running up the score. The, the Alleman grad is <laughs> not. Father's birthday. On, on Father Mirabelli's 90th birthday. Happy birthday to the goat. He's like a fine wine. He ages with time. He looks he, great. That is not what the saying is. He ages with time. <laughs> <laughs> that is, we all age, we all age with time. <laughs> I mean, he, he, he ages, ages like a fine wine. Here we go. He Let Brian like Stocking. He ages like a fine he wine. Gets better with time. Yes. yes. There, that's what I meant to there say. You go. There you go. <laughs> Anyways. All right. Well, so we're all. Happy birthday, father, is what I meant to say. Move on. As we all yes. age with time. 90 years old. Wow. <laughs> so, what's, I was trying to add up Stocking, you'll know, real quick. What's the point total for Moline over the past two weeks? Well, let's see. 56 and 63. 119. 119 to nothing, right? Wow. Cuff. Back-to-back shutouts in the conference by Moline since 1999. So, Cuff, can can this Moline team keep things rolling? I mean, are they 
they are the clear-cut best team in the Big Six, right? Yes, can we say that? Uh, can we? You can say that, but I still think until somebody beats Sterling, Sterling's the team to beat in the Big Six. I mean, they are two-time defending. They are two-time defending champs. They've That's lost, a good point. I think they've lost one game ever in the Western Big yeah, Six, right? Yeah. UT. To, UT to UT last year, yes. So, but but as far as Bowling goes, offense is very dynamic. Um, Ponder is operating that offense at a very high level. Uh, Grant Sibley, Gavin Grace, Matthew Bailey, all doing a great job. And the unsung heroes to me is that, uh, that front line. They are huge up front. They have a lot of guys up front that are really big. They open that hole for uh, Gavin Grace and, and the other guys. And they're really good defensively as well. Now, again, Alleman played with a short field. Or they had a short field because Alleman couldn't move the ball tonight, whatever. Um, it was one of those things where – they didn't play their starters even in the second half. They they needed to rest some guys, so they did that. Um, not shocked by the score. I'm I'm curious to see if they can keep it rolling though. I mean, I don't see why they can't at this point. Next week intrigues me, and and UT fell again tonight. We'll talk about them in a second. But Moline's kind of like on this revenge tour, where they they lost to Alleman. They get, took care of that tonight. They lost to UT last year for the they first lost, time. They lost to Rocky last and year they lost too. To Rocky last year too. So three straight games, and, and and I know it was last year, but it's such a quick turn from last year to this year that um, that's a big game next week. It's a rivalry game. It really put United Township on the map when they beat Moline last year. Moline remembers that, so that'll be an interesting game and next it's at week. The Soul Bowl is at the Soul Bowl, and that is not an easy place to play. It's all about the Soul Bowl. That's going to be a good one. That's that's a a great matchup next week. But who who is the best team in the Western Big Six? That's the question. I think, I think I think right now you have to say it's Moline based on their defense, based on their offense, based on their overall body of work. I mean, Sterling's been great, but that loss to Montini was by seven. Moline's loss to Bennett was by I think three. three. Yeah, three. So I mean, you know, you look at the body of work. I mean, and Moline went and took apart Rock Island. By 63, and then they beat Allman tonight. I mean, beating Rock Island by 63 is not an, uh, not an easy task. I think right now, I think you could say Moline is probably in the driver's seat as the top team in the Big Six. Your twin brother. But, hold on, but, but. brother John Schlemmer is just throwing his, <laughs> throwing his phone or whatever. All right, so the but, the big but coming in here is, yeah, though, Sterling is healthy, or they're getting healthy. And I think, like, Dazzle, like you pointed out, their defense has been there. The offense hasn't really been shabby. I mean, I don't think it's been bad, but it helps to get you the guy you anticipated being your starting quarterback back in the mix and to, have to throw a 31 nothing shutout against your rival. I think they're on the path. And, hey, can we give a little shout-out to Galesburg? They go on the road. They avoid what I think – could have been that letdown game. You go on the road to Quincy. We saw Moline give up a ton of points in Quincy in the first half before they kind of righted the ship. Quincy had none of that. What they win by? What was the final 35, tonight? 35-9. Bird Pride, baby! That's right. Bird yeah. Pride, baby. The turning point of that game came when it was 21-9. Quincy was trying to score. There was a pass. It was tipped. Cam Aguire, I believe is the name, picked it up, uh, picked it off in the air at the goal line and went 100 yards Coast to coast, May a 28-9 ball game. I'm telling you, I like Galesburg. I like them every year, but I like Galesburg this year. 
We we said all along though there's there's probably about five teams that could have won the big that could win the big six this year and Galesburg we said probably had some of the most talent so it doesn't surprise me that now they're back on track that things are are working really well for them right now. Two and one, they're two and one. Who they lose to? Galesburg. Galesburg lost to Sterling in a game that they were winning winning. late in the third quarter. Um, Sterling Sterling has shut out their last two opponents. No, they shut out Geneseo. I was going to say they shut out their last two opponents, but they shut out Geneseo in back-to-back years. All right. We are going to be in a lot of trouble here with Ben Hammer if we talk this much about the Western Big Six. And we've only and we've only mentioned that they got beat a week ago to Moline, which everybody's talked about. So here we go. Rock Island, they get the huge win over United Township. Talk about a bounce-back win. They needed it. Who was there tonight? Who could talk about it? It was me, and, and that's the thing is, it, first off, we're always in trouble with Ben. I, I've always, I can't get into that guy's good side, but um, he, you look at the, it's funny because, it's not funny, but last week was tough. No, last week was not funny for no, him at all. No. But his birthday was Saturday, and then tonight. Oh, no, it was Sunday. It was okay. Sunday. It was, it was last. <laughs> I messed up the fine wine comment, and now I don't even, and now I don't even remember Ben, ben Hammer's birthday. I don't know my own kids' birthday. Sorry, coach. Um, but then you this, know yours. This week, um, Nick Welch's birthday was tonight. Was tonight. Yeah. Oh man, this is rough. To, so it's like Cuff kind of good point. It's like they're regifting gifts. Like Morrissey's gift to Ben Hammer was a whooping, and then he regifted that and gave it to. Nick Welch, I don't know. And how weird is this? That last week when Galesburg got their first win in conference, it was Coach Blackwell's birthday on Saturday. What is with all these big six coaches? They're all born in the same, like, two weeks. That's rather interesting. It, Rocky looked like the Rocky we expected tonight. And, and it, the weird thing is you, they've been shut out twice this year. And they haven't had a lot of home games. This is only their second home game. But if I would have told you to start the season that it would be the second quarter of week five before Rocky scored a touchdown at home, you would have thought that no I would, it was crazy. Now, there was just one, one loss to Pekin, but it was 6 nothing when I got there second quarter. And I guess Ben Hammer needs me to stay the entire game because while I was there for like eight minutes, they scored, they scored 21 points. Eli Reese looked fantastic. They got speed all over the field. Um, Kyrie is a beast. He's a big dude that's mobile, played really well. So hats, I, we talked, Greg, uh, I think last week um, on the Reacts, interesting to see which coach could do a good job of mentally getting – I think UT was ready. They came out great. They, they led 6 nothing early, so they were ready. But the thing wasn't physical with that game. It was mentally getting past two disappointing losses last week and playing well this week. Hats off to Rock Island. They did a great job with that. And now they play at Galesburg next week. Is that right? Uh, yes. All right, Stock. Here we at, go. They are at Galesburg. The thing also, Eli Reese. Teams. Yes. And Eli Reese tonight, five touchdown passes. Rocky fell behind real early, like 6 nothing. It's like, uh, you know, which, are they going to be the one that's going to be – are they going to be the one that's down? And they just said no, and they came back, and they really gave it to UT. It was homecoming at Rock Island. you got to win your homecoming game, right? Know, but, you know, they were down 6 nothing real early, and you're thinking, oh, boy, here we go again. And then they said, not this week. And Katie, they, bar the door, baby. <laughs> it was Katie, bar the door after a few touchdowns from Eli Reese. I just want to know if it was <laughs> – if that was Ben Hammer's full speech to the team after UT scored, he said, no, and that was it. And that motivated the whole team. Right, Stock? Is that it? No. They said, they said no, and then they said, 
And then it was it was bar the door. Yeah. Bar the door after that. Yeah. All right, Stock, give me your no, best. I'm the best analyst in the business for nothing, everybody. Brian Stocking right there. Give me your best stats from the Western Big Six in week five. The best stats I have are two with the shutouts. Talk about defense coming back in the Western Big Six. Ha, take that, Armstrong. <laughs> That's right. Ah, here we go. You're your Western Big 12. Sterling <laughs> blanked the same opponent in back-to-back years for the first time since they blanked Ottawa in 2017 and 18. And for Moline, this is their first back-to-back shutouts in the Western Big Six of opponents since 1999 when they that. shut out Allman and UT in back-to-back weeks. Do you know who the coach was for Moline back then? Uh, was it uh, – it wasn't – was it a McGuire? Dan McGuire, yeah, it's very good. The second Can't get anything past stocking. The second stat no. is gold. The first stat's fool's gold. It's it like was. two years. Yeah, it's yeah like I agree. Years. I agree. You're, you're full of it. All right, there's our instant reacts from the Western Big Six. Let's move into the Three Rivers Athletic Conference. Dazzle, you let me go to one game and just camp out the whole time. I was way too good to you tonight. Like, it was the game you wanted to go to, and I didn't even give you a game before it. I'm like, go have a pork chop and watch the best game of the year. It was awesome. Princeton comes out, you know, guns a-blazing, as you'd expect. Uh, Tegan Davis up top to Bennett Searins, 72 yards, touchdown. And you can't help but think, like, here we go. Like, Kiwani's got to find a way to stop these guys, and it just, you know— they're off to the races like they do. And, man, Kiwani, Will Bruno, Kiantas Patterson, uh, they didn't uh, – Nico Poe had the touchdown catch, to, uh, the first one to make it 7-7. Man, they did not skip a beat. They threw a huge pass down the sideline. Then a couple plays later, the beautiful pass from Bruno to Poe right on the edge of the uh, line on the end zone to get in. That made it 7-7. It went back and forth. Man, I give a ton of credit – to Kiwani's defense. They played so, and and special teams, came up with huge plays in the first half that ended up being the difference maker. But man, their defense played so physical and just, they didn't miss many tackles. And I think what really impressed me was Princeton was able to beat them up top several times, a couple different times. Those led to big touchdowns. But what Princeton wasn't able to do was really get those like, you know, those short yardage gains. They weren't able to go turn a play from five yards to 10 or 15 or 20 yards. They were getting stopped. They were getting slowed down. Man, just huge credit. They were up. Kiwani was up 28-21 at half. And I went to edit highlights. And man, by the time I got back out there, Kiwani had put up three, two more, three more touchdowns. And from there, it was, it was over. I mean, it, just a really impressive effort. We had the uh, Kiwani boys on the score on Sunday, and they knew the last time that they had beat Princeton was six years ago. They were in, like, seventh or eighth grade, and they were like, we want to be that team to win again. They wanted that trophy back, which they got. Um, and we had Coach on tonight. Cool yeah, very cool trophy. But we had Coach on tonight, and he talked about how their week of practice was probably the best week they've had. He figured if they could practice like that all year, they may have no problems. Uh, and the way they played tonight, I, I – tend to agree with that and for the rest of the state i hope they're taking notice they beat the number two team in the state to only be receiving votes i think they're a top five team right now yeah i think they gotta jump in the standings people have to make take note of this win i mean it was the atmosphere out there was great it's one of the best regular season football games it was homecoming for them it was homecoming for them 
obviously against their biggest rival, the 123rd all-time meeting between Princeton and Kiwani. Just awesome. But the atmosphere was electric. It's one of the best regular season games I've been to in years. It was really exciting. It seems like every time we have Kiwani highlights on, they beat you in all three facets. Exactly. You mentioned special teams, but it's such a big deal when you cannot just be good on special teams, but make plays on scoring on special teams. And they did it tonight. They've done it in the past, and their defensive score has scored on touch uh, 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 for them as well. So, well-rounded team. Congrats to Coach Swanson. Two weeks in a row on the score. We're going to change the score to the Swanson. Change the name of the show because he's been great. So best of luck to them. We looked at their schedule. They got some, some – I think towards the end they go Rock Ridge Newman. Yes. So they'll have a few more tests and taking nothing away from the next two weeks' opponents. I don't memorize their schedule. But um, they Paul have a – Paul Mendota. Mendota. So they do have some, some – and Mendota's a good football team too. But things are shaping up nicely. They've beaten Monmouth Roseville, which we'll talk about here in a second – Really impressed with what they've done and really intrigued to see what they do in 3A in the postseason and, and farther than that. So When you look at Kiwani, I think the thing is they have a diversity of weapons on offense. You know, Will Bruno, and also, a lot of them are uh, three-year starters. Three-year starters yeah. So you got Will Bruno, who was a three-year starter at quarterback. You've got Nico Poe at wide receiver. Well, sorry, Nico, for calling you Powell. Yeah, we've been calling him Powell for a while, so we got it right now. And also, not only does is it just him, there's also Jordan Johnson. I mean, J- Jordan Johnson, who actually has more TD receptions because I think they each caught one tonight. So now it's seven six Johnson, and plus they have Patterson in the backfield, and that kid is unbelievable. I mean, last week he had, uh, scored three different ways. I mean, this QI team is probably the best team in the Three Rivers. And when you look at Princeton, Princeton's a very good team. Don't get me wrong. I mean, you know, people are going to go, wow, they got beat by 28. But the only, I think the one team that could stand up and give them a, a beat down like this is, a, is QI because they've got so many weapons. And for Princeton, they've got a ton of it. They've got a dizzy of a game next week. They host Newman. A doozy. A, a dizzy. A dizzy of a game. A doozy, dizzy of the game. Hey, we all misspeak. We all misspeak every once in a while. It's okay. No. You are the you are the prime example of that it is going to be a doozy of a game, a whale of a game. Newman at Princeton next week. A doozy, a dizzy, a whale. It's going to be a lot of things about that game. Friday night at at Bryant Field at Historic Bryant Field. Awesome. So um, get real quick before we wrap up, Kiwani, Kiantis Patterson, two plays that did not make the highlights tonight. He had a play where he ran up the middle. He did like literally about like five spin moves. Like I would have fell over because I was so dizzy. He, I, I, I fell over dizzy because I was – Yeah, yeah, one of the or two. Both. Yeah, or both. He made so many moves, and it ended up being a gain for like 15 yards. Like a couple plays later, a snap goes over Will Bruno's head. He's the first one to get back. It goes back about 12 yards. He goes back and gets it and still gets about a 15 to 20 yard gain out of it. Wow. It was just I'll have, I'll try to get him posted on Twitter cuz it was crazy. It's those plays that will never make highlights, but everybody will be talking about it's those a, plays. A heart, it's a heart and hustle play. Because a lot of times it's like, uh, oh, it's not my ball and he went and got went and got it and tracked it down. I mean, that's that shows heart, that shows hustle, that shows determination. I call those the Brian Stocking plays, the heart, the hustle, determination. He makes those plays every night sitting in the command module. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. 
All right, what other games in the in the uh, the Three Rivers? Monmouth Roseville's won four in a row. Congratulations to Jeremy Adolfson and that group. Really impressive effort, and they just grind and pound and get the job done. And it's an impressive. Uh, their two drives in the first half were both ninety-nine yard drives. So they were up twelve nothing at the half. Um, and their defense to, to, to only give up 15 points to that Rockridge offense. Seven, and and, and seven, throughout the area, it was it was a, the rain was a factor throughout the area and stuff like that, but for both teams. So early on, that affected that game, I think, more than, than, than maybe some others. But Monmouth throws well, four straight games, now 4-1 and one overall. They got some tests coming up, but that team continues to get better and better. Congratulations to them. And, and Rockridge, another tough, close loss. They've had... Had the two points last week. Now this week, three points. So they're five points in the last two weeks. They could be four and one. Now they're two and three. They've got some work to do to secure themselves a playoff spot. But do you want to see Rock Ridge in the postseason? If you're if you're an opponent, I mean, that's going to be a really good six and three, five and four team in the postseason. So um, an, imp- an an interesting game out there. Lived up to the hype. And congrats to Monmouth Roseville. And Sil- Silas Braun can spin it. He's pretty good at quarterback back there. He's the, he's, the head, he's the son of the head coach from Monmouth. So, For Rock Ridge, their worry is the end of the season. The last two games at Kiwani, at Orion. That game against Orion, they could be 4-4, four and four, have to win to get in the playoffs. And you know Chip Filler will make sure his players know Hey, we can knock Rockridge out of the playoffs. Back to with that doom game. and gloom. Back to <laughs> no. Mr. Negativity. Doom and gloom negative. stock. I'm just saying, staying <laughs> a fact. Rockridge is two and three. They're probably going to lose to Kiwani. Who's the next two? They are at Morrison, and then they are home to Sherrard. I'm just trying to be honest. They could be four and four going in that game against Orion. You know that Chip Filler is going to want to knock Rockridge right out of the playoffs. And that's going to be his slogan the whole week. We can knock Rockridge right out of the playoffs. They could be needing a win to get in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah I know. It's a really yeah. good game tomorrow. I know this is instant reacts, but tomorrow, Erie, Prophetstone, and, and Orion, really good game. And, and we had a lot of fun doing the score on the road at 11 o'clock this morning out in Orion. Chip's great, and the, the players were great. We had a fun interview with them. So <laughs> um, a lot of fun to look forward to. That's a good game tomorrow. But Both teams need that game also for, their, for the playoff hopes. The thing about the teams in the Three Rivers is playoff points – Good enough to get you. If you get that five wins, you're going to get the, in the playoffs. Um, if Rockridge gets the five victories, they're going to get in the playoffs. If Orion, they're going to get in the playoffs. The, same with the Erie Prophets Town. So with, but the thing is, are all three of those teams that I just mentioned going to get in the playoffs? They all play each other. They all yeah. beat each other up a little bit. So it's going to be interesting to see how many teams make it from there, get to those five wins. But, yeah, Rockridge, really tough. Two straight weeks where they lose by two and three points. That's a mental thing now of moving on, making plays down the stretch, and making sure this doesn't become a mental thing. Because physically, they got all the talent in the world. Last week, we talked about Rockridge's offense and how they scored 48 points. This week, for the first, in the first 46 minutes of that game tonight, they only had seven points. And talk about a turnaround. Monmouth Roosevelt, in the first game of the season, they got destroyed by Kiwani. And now, I mean... I would love to see Monroe's and Kiwani meet in a playoff game. I mean, you know, could you see Monroe's and Kiwani in a playoff game, you know, with the way they've been playing these two these past few weeks? I mean, that would you know, be that would be a I, tremendous I can, game. I can see both of them in playoff games. Yes. No, I'm talking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm talking against each other. Oh, okay. I think. Yeah. I think in that in that week one matchup, I was there, 
and I think all the credit to Kiwani. We've seen now they're a very good football team on all facets of the game. I think it was a learning curve for Monmouth Roseville. They were getting you guys back too. Yeah, they were getting things figured out, and I think it was one of those things that game kind of slipped away from them early. They had turnover upon turnover upon turnover, and that game slipped away. I think they've obviously figured things out. Kiwani continues to impress. So, yeah, I, you're right, Stock. That would be a great playoff game. I think both of them uh, will look good in the playoffs. Stock, what else we got? Newman wins over Bureau Valley, correct? Yes, it's the 10th straight year that Newman, it's the 10th straight meeting that Newman has beaten Bureau Valley. This was not easy. Bureau Valley led 7 6 at halftime. Newman, though, was able to get a couple of TVD, TD drives going and were able to uh, put it away in the fourth quarter. And also, they won by 12. Yes, they won by 12. Yes. And here's the other thing Sherrard and Morrison. Morrison beat Sherrard 12 6. In all four, this was the fourth time they've met. In all four meetings, the amount of points Sherrard has scored, six in each game. That is a stat. That is your stockpile gold. <laughs> that, I mean, it's, that's a stat. <laughs> that is that's a stat. That is a stat. Uh, getting back. The, in the three rivers, um, how many teams are going to make the playoffs? No, no, don't go back to him. God, <laughs> the last not? thing I need is for him. I mean, you look at Kiwani, Monmouth, Roseville, Princeton, Rock Ridge, Orient, Erie, Prophetstown, Bureau Valley's still in the conversation. Mendota. Mendota. Like, all, that's eight. All eight of those. They're going to knock you. Like, there's going to be some really good football teams that are going to end. There's going to be one that's going to end up four and five that's a playoff caliber team. Simply isn't going to make the playoffs because of how good this conference is. Well, and me and Mitch will talk about it. We'll completely break it down on our, uh, you know, podcast on Monday or Tuesday. I think the big game is Orion Erie Prophetstown. I think that goes a long way in deciding which one of those teams is the five or six win team and which one is the four win team, don't you think? Absolutely it is, absolutely, yeah. But if you look at Steve Susie's uh, playoff projections. I only look at Brian Stocking's well, playoff predictions. I, well, he's, he's got a bigger uh, crystal ball than I do. He has said consistently that there are going to be multiple four and five teams that will make the playoffs this year. And if that's the case, there could be a Three Rivers team who's four and five, or maybe even a Western Big Six team, like, say, a Galesburg, possibly, or a UT that maybe falls to four and five, that will get in on playoff points because there's not enough teams with a winning record. I mean, that could happen. All right, what else? Anything else in the Three Rivers? Where, where, where are we at here? Riverdale goes to St. B tomorrow also. Okay, we got that one as well, me and, and Mitch. Hall at Mendota. Hall at Mendota. That's a good one. That'll be interesting. So me and Mitch will break those down. Uh, real quick, we'll go on a quick side tangent. The referee shortage is is rough. It's no good. But isn't there something kind of interesting about getting like games spread out over Thursday, Friday, Saturday, or do you completely hate that because it kills your Friday? Completely hate it. Yes, I don't. I think it adds a little I interest. Thurs- I don't mind the Thursday night ones. Saturdays is just it's, they get lo- until playoffs. They just get lost in college football to me. That's true. That's fair. I don't want that's, them to have to that's compete. because you don't work on Saturday. No. <laughs> I have the last two. I think <laughs> that's true. I, I think in an ideal world, which is completely unrealistic, I think like man, if there's a game on Saturday, I could go see a great game on Friday and go watch that one on Saturday. But then reality comes in, and I have four kids, and I'm going to be, you know, dead tired, and you know, 
anyway, talking anyway. Talking to Chip Filler today, I'm like, man, that's a 1 o'clock game tomorrow. I'm like, I should head over. I'm like, no, I have basketball, baseball, all this other stuff for <laughs> yeah. kids. I'm like, you don't. Your kids do. Yeah, I, I just have to yell at them while they do it. Um, yeah. But, and then, like, and you mentioned, like, sleep. Like, if I didn't have to stay at the station doing crazy podcasts with Greg, I could go home and get some sleep, maybe get... <laughs> nah, that, was, that wouldn't happen this, either. No, that wouldn't happen. We're literally sitting at a table in front of a boatload of candy talking about high school football <laughs> while Greg puts his phone in our face. This is... I wouldn't have it any other way. <laughs> well, there we go. All right. Are we moving right along? We get into the... The, 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 the referee shortage, it's... And I'm good friends with Don Umlin. I'm friends with Don Umlin. And he's a referee around the area, and he's going to hold some clinics at Augustana and at St. Ambrose to try to start the training process of, of referees. Tons of great referees, and we get to know all of them when you do it as long as you do, but, and they aren't going to argue with it, they're getting older. They're all, and they don't want to do double headers. They don't want to do the sophomores and the and varsity. They don't want to do two games in a night, and they, they just can't. It's hard on them. So it, it's a thing, and I know that parents want to complain about refereeing, um, when I complain about the calls and all that kind of stuff, it is a thankless job. They don't make a ton of money, and there's not enough of them. So think about that when you're complaining about a terrible call that you saw that cost your kid a high school football game or whatever. They're lucky to be playing them because you watch these guys go away, and now suddenly you're playing on a Thursday. They moved the game in Orion and Erie Prophetstown to Saturday because of the referee shortage, and they just did it this week. And parents are livid, Chip said, because, like, some cheerleaders have to get their hair done before they go to prom and, and all these kind of things. Well, homecoming. Just homecoming, all that kind of stuff. So it's just, it, 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 it's a trickle-down effect to we need referees and we need to treat referees a little better because they don't want to go not get paid a lot of money to get yelled at and stuff. So it's a thankless job. We need them. That's my rant on that. But um, it's a thing, and they need to get it figured out and get some more people in and involved. And if you're out there and you're listening and you've always been interested in high school football and stuff – I always thought Greg would make a really good referee. <laughs> I, I, would. I no do. Way. No, no, right? no. Oh man, I don't know. I I think I always thought that Brian Stacking was a really bad referee. That's yeah. true. I thought I was a wonderful referee, like Jim Tunney or some or Ben Dreith. You know, I don't know who they nope. are. I, I, well, yep, you're way you're over my head. Then you don't know NFL football. You know. You're more of a Ed Hockley with the big, you know, the big guns, <laughs> right? That's no, I, I, me and Hockley have the same uh, vocabulary skills, but not uh, body type, no. <laughs> I'm the opposite of Hockley. Hockley, I, think, Hockley I, think, I think Brian's as big as one of his arms. That's, that's about right. <laughs> used to say Hockley was the gun show with me, they would probably go, what, what a squirt gun show? I mean. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get in to the trail, the Lincoln Trail. The big one, the one that stood out to me, A-Town. I thought that to this week was one they needed to prove themselves. They're winning, but maybe they hadn't really been tested yet necessarily. They were going up against a great program in Anawan Weathersfield. They got the job done. Stock, what was the final score? Uh, it was 34-12, to A-Town. They were up 22 nothing at halftime. Yeah, so really impressed by A-Town looking elsewhere in the Lincoln Trail. It looks like A-Town's quarterback, Easton Scheister. Easton Schischler. Thank you. Schischler. Don't call him a Scheister. That is not nice. I was not. Stocking's calling people names now. It's it's not nice to that kid. I'm not. I'm from the Harry Carey School of Pronunciation. But Easton had a – it looked like Easton had a very big game. And I'm going to tell you this, A-Town – could very well be eight, be 7-0 when they take on Knoxville, and that game is on a Saturday night. 
I'm going. We're going. Road trip. Score road trip. We're all going. I'm in. I work anyway, so I'm in. That's right. Although it's a 7 o'clock kickdown in uh, Knoxville, I think, that night. We have no 6 o'clock show right now. College football. All right, so Knoxville plays tomorrow, correct? They were not tonight. They play Ridgewood. Yep. yep. Okay, so Knoxville plays tomorrow. Mercer County won big on Thursday night 62. over Rova Williams Field. That's 60, what, 60? 62-22. 62 points for Merco? Holy Walter days. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's uncle. That's back yeah, when they yeah. were scoring Most tons of points. 2015 when they beat West Central 67-8 to that year. Dynamite drop-in. That's, I mean... It's only one game, but that's that's an eye opener. That's a big win for Mercer County. Where do they sit now? What's their record? They're two and three. Remember, they had the forfeit against a really good Knoxville team. So yep. who knows who would have won that football game? But they're going to have their work cut out for them. I think down the down the stretch, stockpiles looking to correct me when I'm wrong, but I believe maybe the last game of the season is Mercer County and Anawan Weathersfield, and it could come down to maybe them having to beat an Anawan Weathersfield team to to make the playoffs. So. Um, but, yeah, two victories, still plenty of work left to be done. Um, I don't want to get doom and gloom like old boy over there. But, um, yeah, <laughs> they're, sh- they're showing progress, though, because you got to remember they were on COVID. Yep. So they had a lot of players out at different times over the past couple of weeks. So they're starting to get everybody back healthy from that. Um, interesting note before the game started, uh, Andrew Hofer walked up to me. He's like, hey, can you stand at the 20-yard line for me? And this is just <laughs> before kickoff. I said, why do I need to stand at the 20-yard line? He goes, I need my kicker to kick to the 20-yard line. He doesn't know where it is, but if I tell him to kick to the cameraman, he will <laughs> kick to the cameraman. Sure enough, he kicked it to the 20-yard line, which was great. I said, all right, you need to score early touchdowns for me. Yeah. They got two early ones. He goes, I held up my end of the deal. Well, there you go. How about that? Stock, what other scores do we miss in the Lincoln Trail? Well, the one other thing is next week, Mirko is at Princeville. They should be 4-4 four and four when they play at home at George Pratt Memorial Field against A&W in week nine. And United tonight, big game for them. They beat Stark County 44-22. It's the first time that United has ever won at Stark County. Wow, that is a good one. Good, good see, that's a real. Why don't you see that on the score? I don't get that much time. I only have a couple. I only have like 30 seconds. So. That's the best one. No, that, is Connor that and did you do Orient? Did you do Orient or um, no, Moline back to back to back shutouts for the first time? No, Those are legit, good, interesting yes, things. But so's Connor Nye from Milledgeville. No. So is the kid from Burlington. We had a Burlin- We had an Iowa stat. We have an Illinois stat, and we had Connor Nye from Milledgeville. Four touchdowns in the first half, and he had one of each discipline as the quarterback. He was the he threw one, he ran for one, and he caught one. He ra- actually ran for two. Oh wait, that that sounds like the best segment ever into the Northwest Upstate Illinois. Stocking, you are just on fire. I'm not on fire. I'm, yeah, I'm you cool. are. You can't even you can't even catch your breath. That's because I have asthma. Oh, oh geez, gosh. here we go. <laughs> Northwest Upstate Illinois. He's a he's just a gem. Northwest Upstate Illini tonight, Lena Winslow. Yeah, yeah. I think we know what Fulton is, and we think they're a pretty good program and pretty good football team this year. And, man, this Lena Winslow team, again, just looks so tough. They get, what was the final on that one? Uh, 54-7 at Fulton. I think so. I think they're the real deal. Um, Another score that kind of caught me off guard, Stocking, what was the final in Forreston Galena? Forreston, 52, Galena, 20. See, I think Galena's pretty good, but Forrest has really come on this year, and they're, they're winning some football games. They, they look pretty good. I am stunned at the margin of victory for Lee Wynn tonight over Fulton. I mean, 
Fulton's a very good it, Fulton's a good team, but Lee Win, my goodness, they won by forty. They won that game by forty-seven. That is amazing. Lee Win could could be the best one A team in the state. Oh, I, they are. I think they are. Yeah. Lee Win's only given up thirteen points all year. That's that's what's crazy. Yeah, they scored well over two hundred and only given up thirteen. They are very good. The really interesting matchup in the northwest of State Illini was Dupec took on Saint Teresa from Decatur, and they're the top ranked team in two A in Illinois. Dupec had a COVID or not COVID related. It was actually Urbana. Um, they canceled their football season. A, a high school the size of Urbana canceled their football season, I'm assuming because of lack of numbers or whatever the issue was. So Dupec was without an opponent. St. Teresa had an opponent with COVID. They couldn't play. So two of the best teams, one of the best teams in 2A, and Dupec, one of the better teams in 3A, met up. St. Teresa went on the road trip. They got the win. I believe it was close. A one-score game, maybe? Yeah, 28-22 by St. Teresa beat Dupec tonight. Um, the game started, I think, at 8 o'clock, so that yeah. gave uh, St. Teresa a little extra time to get there. And that a great, a great meet matchup between St. Teresa and Dupac. All right, give me the stats on Milledgeville, then we're going to be done. Connor Nye had four touchdowns tonight. He ran for two, he passed for one, he caught one. As Milledgeville rolled out to a huge lead over Alden Hebron, it was 47. <laughs> Alden, Alden Hebron. Alden Hebron. That's, that's, yes, exactly. Hebron. Hebron. Yes, Alden Hebron. It was 46 nothing, and then the Giants scored uh, two uh, 16 points late in the fourth quarter to make it somewhat more respectable. Stocking, as a historian, yes. Hebron, the little Giants, yes, they were the state champions. Know, they're, can, they're the Hoosiers of Illinois. Yes, I have the Harry Carey School of Pronunciation. I have problems with phonics. Yes, problems with you. got a lot of problems. <laughs> <laughs> Don't we all? No, we're still here after midnight doing this. Yeah, we're well, we're well after midnight now. All right, Dazzo. No, actually, Stock, final thoughts. Go. I think that um, tonight you saw a lot of teams position. Actually, it was yesterday at this point. <laughs> you saw a lot of teams position themselves for the playoffs because now we're in that week five, pivotal week five. I think next week's games are going to be even bigger. Cuff, final thoughts. I'm curious to see if Kiwani can now run the table. Yeah, that's a good one. Matt and Dazzo, final thoughts. There picture in the Western Big Six is getting clearer. I think we all agreed that beginning of the season, five teams could maybe win this thing. It's probably down to two. I mean, Galesburg's still in there. Rock Island is still in there at two and one mathematically, but I think the cream has risen to the top when it comes to those two teams. And Three Rivers has me just those teams still that we talked about. Just those, the amount of teams that we have that are really good playoff football teams and nobody, everybody's going to make it. Like, they're going to beat each other up to a point. I'm just curious to see. Uh, and then also with that, there's going to be some teams that make the playoffs at 5-4 and four that you are not going to want to see in the first round from that conference. Are you going to want to see a Rock Ridge team at 5-4 and four maybe come into your house nope. on, for, on round one of the playoffs? No. You don't want to see Rock Ridge at 5-4 and four in the playoffs coming in your, in your bracket because it could, they could knock them out. Yeah. Yeah. And also, I want no, to have – how many Three Rivers teams will play each other in the playoffs? Well, that will be also interesting to see. Okay, that was your second final thought. Yes. So now you've finally final, final thoughts. Thought. Can I have another final thought? But yes, why not? I th- my final thought is I think Stack talks too much. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just. This is. <laughs> 
I you if you are if you <laughs> if you are one o'clock in the morning we're being eating candy for the last hour straight. My final thoughts: just how good, just how good is A Town going to be in the Lincoln Trail and moving forward into the playoffs? And just how good is Monmouth Roseville? A few classes up in the Three Rivers. Those are my teams that are like, they're standing out to me now. Just how good are they? That's what I'm ready to watch for. And Kiwani, man, I love being there. What a night. Congrats to the Boilermakers. And the pork chop was great once again. All right, stocking, you're folding up your notebooks, putting things away. Dazzo's still eating candy. Dazzo will be eating candy till, till Monday. All right. All right, we're wrapping it up. That'll do it. Thank you, everybody, for listening. If you're still listening, man, God bless you. Me and Mitch will be around, uh, probably get the podcast posted on Monday or Tuesday, and we'll be looking forward to week six. That's a wrap. We'll see you.